heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today. It is Thursday morning, the 13th of October. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. We are on Spotify now, so if you've missed any of our previous episodes, you can go to Spotify anytime you like and get in contact with us. We are more than happy um, to show you where to do it. The link is up on our Facebook page. No more Wooshka, we're on Spotify. My email is ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. Get in contact with me anytime you like. Let's get into it. We're going to go to London shortly. Emma Lawrence will join us. We're having a look at the flooding situation in New South Wales. We'll catch up on the recent results and much, much more here in Queensland. This is Rural Queensland today, Thursday morning, the 13th of October. You're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Thursday morning, the 13th of October. Not far away, Ben Hindmarsh will join us. Uh, New South Wales in considerable flood at the present moment. Anthony Highland will also join us after the Dolby Livestock Report from yesterday and also what is going on in St George and the Boulogne area. But Emma Lawrence is from Channel 9 and Triple M and you would see her on your TVs wherever you are um, watching uh, TV regionally. She is one of the leading NRL reporters and she loves a junket. She is over with the Australian Kangaroos <laughs> side at this present moment in Manchester ahead of the Rugby League World Cup. We're checking in for the first time on Rural Queensland today. <laughs> Emma Lawrence, it's great to have you on our show. Hello, Dobbo. I do love a junket. I tell you what, there's nothing better. I know you love a junket too, so I wish you were over here with me. Same. It would have been fun. I am a little jealous. I've got to be honest with you. I can, think I can do this show from anywhere, but there's a lot going on. Mate, um, we, we're on the lead up to the, um, the the first round of the World Cup. Australia have obviously named a relatively strong side. Um, you are in camp. You're staying with the Kangaroos at the moment. Firstly, the uh, the talk prior to it was, could they mesh together some of the rivalries that there have been? It looks like outside looking in, like a very, very happy camp. Mal Meninga's done a great job to get everybody to bond. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There, there was so much talk about, you know, the, the New South Wales and the Queensland players or even the players from Penrith and Para now being in the same team. But this group looks so tight and the vibe is incredible. And what Mal's actually done, which is kind of cool, he's, Split them up into four teams and they have um, these internal challenges that they have to do both on and off the training field. So they all have these Polaroid cameras and they have to go around and take the best photos and they've got a scrapbook and they get points for that. They get points for a treasure hunt. Uh, even they'll get points for uh, someone who cleans up the team room, all of those things. And they, they tally the points and the, the winning team gets the prize. So at training today, actually, they all had on their their team shirts that got designed for them. So it's actually really fun and it's this little internal competition. It brings them closer together and, and bonds them. So, yeah, it looks like the happiest camp and everyone's just having the best time. The talk, obviously, in, in Australia is about this numbering system um, and I'm completely in agreement with the majority that if you earn the right to wear a number seven jersey for Australia, that jersey should be yours and not – number 19, because that's when you come in. Can you just step us through who made that decision? Because Malmaning has since come out and said that he doesn't agree with it. Yeah, no, so 
officials, like as Australian officials and in the NRL, well, not NRL, but more ARL, had made that decision. And Mal, it's quite interesting, actually clarified only two days ago that it wasn't his decision and it was signed off on. The thing is, it was signed off on back in 2019 and because the World Cup got pushed back and it kind of, I think, just flew under the radar. Everyone had forgotten about it, I guess, at, at head office. But then um, Mal just, he, he's not happy with it, which, and I think to look, the boys speaking to them all publicly, they're never going to criticize it. They're all just happy to play for Australia, but it's not the same. I mean, for Nathan Cleary, if he earns that jersey and he beats David Cherry Evans, that's it's the likes of Andrew John, Jonathan Thurston, all these great players, Alfie, that have worn this jersey. Like, that's the reason that you want to wear it because of who's gone before you. So, yeah, administratively, it was a bit of a tough up, and I think. Because of COVID and because of the gap we've had, um, potentially flew under the radar. It's something that certainly needs to be fixed. I don't think we should ever see this happening again. No, and obviously it is a huge issue. They take on Fiji. Daily Cherry Evans gets the first crack. Um, it looks like most Penrith players have been left out for a reason. And I'm, I'm being genuine. Daily Cherry Evans is a favourite here in Queensland. But Nathan Cleary is the best halfback in the world at the moment. Uh, the reasoning for not starting him. Well, Mal just said because they didn't join the camp essential for four days later than everyone else. So they only had a, a couple of days, well, really one full day in camp before they flew over. So they didn't have as long with everyone. He just thought physically um, an extra week would probably help them. So he's rested, yeah, Liam Martin and Isaiah go as well. So it's not just Nathan Cleary and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. So look... Mal just said, oh, he had always said, I'll see how they go, but just given what they've gone through over the last week and how strenuous that was, and, and on the other hand, you know, guys like Ben Hunt or David Sheridan haven't played for a month, so they probably need footy under their belt. So that's kind of, I guess, how Mal explained the decision. But you know what? I, I think that Nathan Cleary probably has his nose in front, leading the Panthers to back-to-back premiership. He's definitely the best halfback in the world. And I, and I don't think anybody disagrees with that. And we all want to see... And I say this, we all want to see Cameron Munster uh, and Nathan Cleary as a halves combination at some point because, I mean, it just would be electric. The, they are the favourites, but who who are they talking and concerned about? Inside the Australian camp, I mean, obviously New Zealand, but, you know, Tonga and Samoa, are they a threat in their eyes? Yeah, I think a few of the boys in camp were chatting about Samoa. I think just because so many of their teammates are in that side, so the Pandas boys are... Or a few of the Panthers boys actually came to visit here. So Nathan Cleary and Tyro May are very good mates. So Tyro May came to see Nathan because he's been playing the Super League for a while and some of the Samoa boys as well. So they were just saying they can't wait to play them. And, and Samoa have a pretty good side when you think about it. That's pretty much a Panthers backline. You've got Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, Taylor May, Isaac Tungo, Jerome yeah. Luai. Yeah, Not to mention, you know, like Junior Paolo. It's there. I'm looking forward to seeing them play, and I think some of the, the Panthers boys are looking forward to it as well. You're very good on the field. Off the field, Emma Lawrence, have we had a little <laughs> reconnaissance? I mean, for those who don't know, she's one of the best goers <laughs> on the drink, and she, she would be a proud Queensland bushy because I can tell you she loves it. How, how has it gone so far? I'm embarrassed to say, look, I've been relatively well-behaved so far. Uh, it took a couple of days to settle in with a jet lag. Yeah. And just with the time difference, I know it sounds like I'm making excuses, but we've been sort of writing our stories for Channel 9 until about midnight to make sure it's ready for the next day. So 
But you know what? It's only one week into a seven-week trip, so there's plenty of time, Dobbo. So next time we check in, I'm hopefully have a few more stories more for you. More stories. Well, the fact I've done is, you proud in the pub. Yeah, you have. You have. And the fact is that you loved up these days um, and, and the BFF's back <laughs> The BFF's back in Australia. So, I mean, you're on your best behaviour at the moment. I get it. It's early. Uh, great to chat. Um, Absolutely. We'll talk to you next week. Um, obviously, uh, Australia take on Fiji, opening of the World Cup this weekend gets underway. Emma Lawrence is doing a phenomenal job for Channel 9 over there. You can see her stories nightly across. Australia. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Dubbo. Good on you, mate. Rural Queensland today, Ben Highmarsh, Jim Highmarsh and Co. On the way to Yass, it's one of the leading agents in New South Wales and there's a lot of weather in that situation throughout New South Wales um, and obviously this market, uh, we thought we'd get a snapshot of it this morning. Uh, Hindy, good morning. How are you, mate? Morning, Dobbo. We're going well, mate. I was out in your neck of the woods uh, at the Condamine Hotel uh, on Saturday night and that glass window that you politely removed when you were 28 still hasn't been replaced, the old kookaburra, mate, and we all thought of you and talked about you. <laughs> yeah, good, great memories from there, Dobbo. It's an unbelievable place. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mate, the weather, it, it is a situation now in a lot of areas. People are starting to, and I, I hate to say this, um, say enough's enough, but I think it's going to still keep on coming. I understand where you're based out of it. It, is, it isn't that f- like it, you, you're in no way flooded or anything like that, but there is some challenges in the western parts of New South Wales and also in the Riverina. Yeah, it certainly is, especially as it gets to crunch time with, with the farming side of uh, a lot of people's businesses. It's uh, it's very nervous time. Everything's being done by the air only, I believe, you know, as far as spraying and uh fertilising, things like that. I think they're still, they're starting to write off percentages of, uh, of yield already, in the, especially in the farming and the, and the livestock side of things is very challenging. A lot of roads closed. I saw the news last night about Forbes going to sale there every Monday and, and you know, it's going to be isolated for up to five days. It's, uh, yeah, it's getting testing. The big thing about it is now is that, you know, like there is a lot of water coming, Wagga, um, like they're talking big rain through Wagga. They're all talking like it's the Murrumbidgee that's obviously in flood because there's a lot of water coming down that way. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I think uh, Wagga or the Riverina, I should refer to, was uh, on the part on the most part travelling pretty well, but this rain will really up the ante uh, and change that direction pretty quickly if the forecasters are right for what's what's scheduled today, tomorrow and over the weekend. It talk, does not look good. Yeah, talk to me about the market, mate. How has it responded, obviously, with this weather? There's obviously going to be cattle that, you know, we just don't see at the moment, but um, what is the what is the moving forward? What's the projections? Look, I think um, everyone initially before the, the, the wet the wet couple of months we've had was sort of thinking October, November to be a fair few prime cattle come forward. That's obviously just been spread out due to logistics more than anything else and, and lack of performance with the, what the weather's created for uh, for livestock um, to drag on. So there's not a huge amount of numbers in. The cattle that are coming in look pretty good, but it's just going to continually drag on rather than be a, a couple of months sell-off as, as normal going into... Uh, going towards summer where the cattle are prime, it looks like it's just going to continually drag on, which will lead into December, January. As we know, they're low, uh, low numbers months, those two months really, which will, I think, suppress the market 
up until it's not it's not suppressed but not bad by any means. Um, store market's just way way above the uh, the prime market at the moment. Everyone wants cattle because of uh, because the season summer looks just exceptional if it does dry out. Mate, um, can I ask you this? And and I mean you, and I mean it. This market has been very strong in in Queensland. Have, have we seen those kind of lifts again in New South Wales in the last couple of weeks? Store cattle, in particular, yeah, yeah. Store cattle are, are getting back to it. You know, like, uh, any live uh, live auction platform showing those results that anyone can tap into at any day. Or obviously the MLA reporting. Store cattle getting to seven to eight dollars for the light little ones, and, and that one, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, four thousand dollars is is pretty uh, pretty good buying for a cow and calf these days. Again, sort of thing. So yeah, it, the store market in particular, Domo, is, is exceptionally strong. Yeah, and that's what everybody's um, banking on. Cow and calf job. Is there many around at all? No. Yeah, right. No, a lot of a lot of spring calving in our neck of the woods. So um, people are just getting their calves on the ground at the moment, but obviously uh, got to uh, hold on to what they've got. It's, uh, it's of any, any uh, topping quality, for sure. Yeah, unreal. Um, th- there's obviously a lot. So you're driving, yes, there's obviously still sales going on with this weather at the moment, but uh, and there's obviously things still continuing, but it's just it's just very much weather-related. I think so, yes. Yeah. I don't think the numbers are out there like we all thought maybe, as far as the prime cattle that I spoke about earlier. I don't think there's... Uh, Numbers, but you look at Dubbo and, and, and even Wagga, when the weather's right, they are yarding a few cattle, but I think that's more opportunity-based than, uh, than, than, than uh, necessity to, to sell cattle because they are prime. Yeah, prime cattle, uh, this job. Grain-fed job, what's it like in New South Wales at the moment? That, that You know, it's, it had a pain in its stomach in Queensland. Um, they've come onto the bit a little bit more in the last couple of weeks, Hindy. Um, New South Wales seems to be also... Um, starting to get back on its feet. Are you seeing the markets and, and the contracts coming forth? Not really, no. No, it still looks pretty um, pretty average at the, at the other end with, uh, again, probably you know, buying uh, your feeder cattle. You're, you're almost competing against, uh, well, you are competing against restockers as well, and that's, uh, they've got more money than the grain fed job allows us to have. Yeah, it, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting scenario going forward. Mate, obviously yeah, there's a... It's good, sorry, Dobbo, the market's good, dynamics are not. Yeah. I think. Yeah, the long-term future. Property obviously selling very dear in your neck of the woods and we're seeing some record sales go on. Some people are saying, you know, we've got ourselves through this, the market's good, the time is right, let's go and put our money somewhere else. And it's the opportunists that are coming in at the moment, you know, you're seeing it. I had a meeting yesterday in Brisbane with people who actually... Uh, looking to buy into country, that you know, there, there's new money coming into agriculture at the moment. Yeah, certainly is. There was a, a property not far down the road, sold, you know, just a, a really a beautiful property, and uh, the money it made was was exceptional, unbelievable. Yeah, good on you. Great yeah. to chat, mate. Um, you're obviously one of the premier livestock agents throughout New South Wales, and, and very highly regarded here in Queensland. And especially in Condamine, um, they've got a photo of you up. In the, they've got a photo of you up at the Condamine Hotel. Um, never to return. Never to return. Um, yeah. <laughs> great to talk, Ben Highmarsh from Jim Highmarsh and Co. We'll catch up again shortly. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. We'll take a break. Rural Queensland today.
Welcome back to rural Queensland today. The annual Rockhampton Brangus bull sale tops at 110,000. That's the headline. Day two, uh, the final day, 179 bulls topping at 110 uh, to end the average, unbelievable average, 20,486. Uh, water result, 99% clearance, a gross of 4.651 million. Males climbed by $5,850 compared to their last year's sale. An unbelievable result. What a consistent sale. 110 top to average over 20,000 as an average. The top selling um, bulls, unbelievable. And that is a result that you should be very proud of as well. Lots going on as well. I just do want to talk about this trainer, and we're going to get him on again, and I talk about him a lot, Clinton Taylor out of Rockhampton. Um, There is a regional Queensland played a pivotal role at the Thoroughbred Awards, but all the talk right, has been about this horse from central Queensland. He's young and he's one of the bright players, Clinton Taylor, but he's one of the best trainers in the game. And I talk none other than what he is doing um, as he features um, in Brisbane, respectively, with Chitty Boom. Now, this horse is unbelievable and has been absolutely tearing it up. Um, Chitty Boom is Spirit of Boom um, and he stretched an unbeaten sequence to four with a record-breaking effort in Rockhampton. As Taylor knows, and we're going to get him on there, um, he is an absolute superstar and the offers have come in thick and fast. His owners are based out of um, is Mark Pascoe who is from Nutrient Ag Solutions in Chinchilla and he's rejected cash offers of up to 400000 for the filly. So Chitty Boom um, obviously is a huge story and Clinton Taylor is one of the best trainers in Queensland. You can say what you want, he can get any horse to work and I strongly recommend you've got a horse to get him on track. We talked about Lumpy Skin and I do want to quickly get on that. Tim Marnie is obviously um, working on a vaccine. I talked about this the other day. I think it's imperative uh, as we get closer to obviously having an outbreak that we actually go and hear that interview again. It's important that we are aware, but a vaccine for lumpy skin is close in its making. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Professor Tim Marnie joins us from uh, the QAAFI's Centre of Animal Science. Um, Now, the University of Queensland are developing a protein-based vaccine to protect Australia's beef industry from lumpy skin disease. This is revolutionary. And obviously something that is a major, major concern to our biosecurity for our livestock industry if Lumpy Skin was to uh, get onto our shores. Uh, Tim, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Good morning, Ben. It's uh, great to be here with you. Uh, This is obviously quite unbelievable, but um, the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries is aiming for a single-dose vaccine. Now, this is in conjunction with you guys. Obviously, the UQ's Queensland Alliance for Agriculture and Food and Innovation um, to try and obviously make sure that this contagious viral disease that causes scabby skin nodules and swelling to cattle and buffalo is under control. It's one thing to be able to get it. How close are we to actually getting it right, do you think? Yeah, so we're, we think we're fairly close. So we, we started developing this single-dose formulation uh, probably five or five, six years ago, maybe seven years ago, um, for cattle ticks. Yeah, And so... We so now we're trying to use that same formulation um, to deliver the lumpy skin virus um, antigens. Yeah. So it works really quite well in in cat. So we've tested the cattle tick formulation in cattle, 
and including going studies, and got quite good efficacy there. So the key thing now is we're trying to produce the antigens from the lumpy skin virus. So that hasn't been done before, so that's really the challenge at the moment is to identify those components and then produce them in the laboratory so we can put them into the vaccine formulation. So when you talk about this, how confident will you get it Get it so it'd be right, and will that then have to be every every beast that you have you vaccinate against, and that will protect you from lumpy skin, or will you put it into a another form of a vaccine that goes in a bit of a concoction? At this stage, we are as confident as we can be. So, the one of the big issues with lumpy skin is that it hasn't been widely studied or in great depth by anybody really. Um, whereas if you compare that to the other current threat, which is foot and mouth disease virus, it's been on everybody's radar for you know decades. So there's been um, a lot of basic scientific work done with that, there's a lot of really good vaccines and supported diagnostics in the foot and mouth disease area, and we just don't have that for lumpy. Yep. So what what we're doing is we're actually borrowing from what's been done in other pox viruses. So everybody would be aware of excuse me, uh, monkeypox, which has emerged fairly re- or re-emerged fairly recently around the world. Yep, yep. So there has been done work done um, in terms of vaccination for that. So we're trying to, to borrow some of the underpinning information for that in our design of the lumpy skin vaccine. So in terms of how we would deploy that, uh, at this stage, we, we don't have plans for it to be multivalent, as in targeting multiple pathogens. So this would be solely targeting um, lumpy skin. So as I said, so we would take out the cattle kick antigens that we're currently evaluating, put in the lumpy ones, and then we'd use that for single-dose formulation. One of the reasons for that is if in the unfortunate event we were to um, get an incursion in Australia, well, the key thing is we really want to, we want to contain that and control that where it is. And to do that, we need to be able to uh, have no, have a very clear pathway to identify those animals which have been vaccinated and which have been infected as part of that disease control. So we've designed a, a novel component of the vaccine that will allow us to uh, differentiate vaccinated animals. Um, and so we wouldn't want to initially, at least initially, complicate that by having other vaccine from other um, other pathogens in there. So we'd just like to keep that as straightforward as we possibly can for that, you know, exotic disease incursion process. Yeah, and that's and that's the big thing, isn't it? There 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 is so many, so many biosecurity risks out there at the moment. If we were to get an outbreak, can this get it under control or is this something that needs to be done, Tim, prior to it uh, hitting our shores? And how long what do you believe, Tully, it will be available to the general public to get? So I guess the last part first, how long? Um, we don't know. We're hoping that we would have a prototype formulation for testing um, later this year. Um, but as I said before, this, this type of approach for lumpy skin um, hasn't been tried before. So, so it is, um, you know, we're really trying to break that ground. At the same time, the guys in New South Wales are trying to develop a uh, mRNA vaccine for the same purpose. And it's good to have, you know, multiple bow strings of that bow. In terms of how we would deploy it, I think the what we really want to do 
is control it where it is now, so stop it where it is now um, in Indonesia. If the, the problem is if we um, decide to go for preventative vaccination, then that could potentially impact on some export markets, and we really don't want to do that. So the, if we can maintain that freedom of disease um, it, on our mainland, and then keep it where it is now. So it might be that we develop this vaccine and, and keep it uh, for in in our armory for if it were to occur here. But really the key thing would be if we can control it where it is now in Indonesia, then that would be the best case scenario. So we don't actually get an incursion here and then have to deal with that. Yeah, I think this is, if we that's the thing. It's a preventative. That's what we need. Um, yep. Gee whiz, there's some smart people working on this. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things. You ever get a vaccine for FMD? I know that you can't use it over here. There is one, but th- at the moment, if you if you use it, you you're sort of seen as um, that you have it. But you'd love to be able to prevent it as well while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right there, Ben. So the the, the vaccines. Um, so we have you know pretty good vaccines for FMD. It's the oldest animal virus that we know of. So it's been, and it's always been um, on that the world radar in terms of um, you know disease incursions and trade barriers and those sorts of things. So so we have pretty good vaccines for it. Uh, there's no reasons why we could not eventually then further develop our formulation to look at FMD. I think there would be some issues there in terms of um, if you already have. So I think the Australian government has. Uh, stockpile of FMDV vaccines in uh, in the in, uh, allocated if in the in the event of an incursion. So I think we were pretty well prepared for FMD, but we don't really have those options for Lumpy. But yeah, we could potentially go that way as well. Yeah, very interesting. Awesome. Um, looks like there will be a single dose vaccine for the highly contagious viral disease, which causes scabby skin, scabby skin nodules and swelling of the cattle. And that is known as a lumpy skin disease, LSD. And you can all thank um, this amazing collaboration between the Queensland Alliance for Agriculture and Food Innovation and the Department of Agriculture for trying to get this sorted out. Uh, it'll be a single-dose vaccination um, and it is close to obviously having being out in the market for a prototype. Appreciate your time, Tim. Thank you, Professor Tim Marnie. Appreciate your time this morning. All right, Ben. You're welcome. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back with more uh, on rural Queensland today. 2,700 head at the weekly Dolby Fat and Store Sale. Anthony Highland, Grant Daniel Longs and George joins us. Before we get to that market, I just want to catch up, mate. How was the weather situation? Obviously, there's a lot of rain around at the moment again. How is your district faring? Yeah, we um, look, been a great, great system. That, you know, the rain that came through again. And um, we, we were quite uh, patchy here, but sort of 40 mils for St. George in, in here and, and up to 80 mils not far away, but that uh, central Peru and in that type of country, uh, hundred and you know hundred and twenty plus mils and and flowed all the way in the west from from my reports and a few road closures out in the west, which probably held a few cattle back uh, this week. And um, you know we sort of said last week if it rained it'll it'll pull numbers up and um, market should stay true to form and it has done this week. But there's um, you know it, it's going to be wet. They they keep predicting it, so um, we should expect it. New South Wales is in a mess, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, anywhere south of the line, you know, logistically, uh, very, very challenging. Um, it'll be a challenging uh, end of year for harvest and everything moving forward. But 
um, you know, trucks are sort of doing an extra sort of 250 kg detour to to uh, do loads of cattle and and and, and other logistics feed and and what have you. So the, the South are going to you know they I think they will be a, a, a bit of a struggle and a and a long uh, a long season to the end of the year. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of rain in New South Wales, and and um, obviously everybody concerned, you know, is worried about it. But there's lots going on. Let's talk about Dolby yesterday. That market um, is obviously, you know, been rolling along. How was the job yesterday? Considering there's only twenty seven hundred there, still fully firm, Ben. Um, the cows probably have shaded off a bit the last couple of weeks, but look, very very strong still. We had some big cows. We had one client from Cunnamulla that thought if they didn't get cattle out this week, they wouldn't get them out for the rest of the year, and, and they were f- fully rewarded. You know, that big, heavy cows, 760 kilos at $3.80. Um, uh, you know, the bullocks were, were $3.80, 5 and 90 for the same weight, like a, a good reward for, for cattle to be cleaned up on the processing market right now. And um, all processes were active, um, and, you know, they were looking to buy their cattle and and keep going. The feeder market was still uh, still very strong. Uh, the heavy, heavy feeder steers might have been a shade stronger just because there was some really good cattle there and, and not a lot to offer. Um, store buyers, a little bit mixed up of, of, of where they're going, Ben. Uh, as we say, the, the country is so wet and you know, people are trying to play an, op- uh, an opportunity when it presents to buy their cattle, but um, you know, probably saw a bit of a limited... Um, Number of buyers there on hand for the cattle. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, they're, they're not going to get to the end of the year. The, the numbers will dry up if this weather continues. That's the big concern. Talking with Ben Highmarsh a little earlier, um, it, it, it's full on, isn't it? Certainly is. So it'll, it, if you know, if people are out there looking to physically buy cattle for the for the summer break and and up until April May next year, will they? They're really going to have to get involved, and look, the market is strong. We we certainly know that, but I think on a supply supply run for the store cattle, uh, if you're looking for cattle over the back end of the year, basically you do need to be buying cattle um, now to, to to get them home and get them ready for next year. And and um, if that means of buying buying a handful at uh, you know Dolby and a, and a few at Roma and and you know trying to trying to find them, well, that's the thing. And, I think if they present themselves, you probably want to get involved because it, if the you know if it rains over the Christmas break, it you know it's, it's going to be even uh, more of a challenge in the uh, January February period when when sometimes we might see cattle come forward. Well, they just you know they mightn't be there uh, as early as some might have uh, wanted to. Yeah, that's right. Now, listen. Obviously, um, the property market's flying again. There's obviously still seed stock sales taking place. Um, and, and mate, there's a lot going on in the paddock at the moment. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, some 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 good real estate uh, on the market again at the moment. For the back end of the year, we've, we've got this place out here at St George Burr Ward. It's uh, twenty four and a half thousand acres, and and uh, look, it, it's going to be a challenge to um, certainly get uh, everyone around that that particular country because it's so wet. But um, confident it'll it'll take place and. Um, um, you know, we're doing inspections there now and we haven't been bogged yet, but, um, you know, it's challenging to get around, uh, you know, country at the moment to show it off, but it's all um, all going well. And we've got a uh, a, uh, a white dorper and a boar buck sale uh, in St. George next Tuesday, an annual event. And, um, 
you know, that uh, hopefully that goes strong as well. So we, we've got plenty going on, and uh, I think uh, you know, say that the rain it, it'll rain tomorrow, and we'll get put back a couple of days, and you know, things like that. But it's uh, it's a good time of year for it to rain anyway. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, yeah, exciting times ahead. You know, there's a lot going on, isn't there, at the moment? There really is. Um, and he's hoping this market can keep concerns about getting the crop off, mate. There's a yeah, – oh, look, it, it, yeah, it, there, there is. Um, I think that it'll be one of those things, Ben. I, I think it'll it'll be a very long harvest, uh, you know, potentially, and, and everyone's um, knowing that. Um, I think the quality, of the, the quality of the product that come off is still very good, uh, you know, in a in – a, in a sort of in the blonde shire, uh, we know further south is very very challenging, and, and it mightn't be as good. But um, it'll be a long harvest. Uh, the quality up here is uh, still very good, and um, you know the, the contract is just going to have to have to go with the weather and and uh, see how long it takes to get off. Yeah, um, and that, that's exactly right. A very 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 delicate time. Market stronger in Dolby yesterday. And obviously, when's your um, boar goat sale, mate, on? Tuesday, uh, Ben, the 18th. Tuesday, uh, 11 the 18th. A. Yeah, 11 a.m. at the St. George Showgrounds. We'll have 58 white Dorper rams and 60 yearling boar bucks. They're up here every year and um, can't wait to get it on again. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Anthony Highland, Grant, Daniel Long, St. George. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today. That's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back same time, same place tomorrow. Rural Queensland Today. Ray Hadley joins you next. Have a great day. And from all the team here at Rural Queensland Today, it's bye for now.